Oh, yeah. You know what time it is. That's right. It's time for the Eddie and Webby Podcast. Yo, I'm going to bust out some theme song action for you. Check it out. The Eddie and Webby show is fun for all. We drink craft beer and mostly talk about pickleball. So if you didn't know, now you know. Because it's time for the Eddie and Webby show. On today's episode, Eddie and Webby realize they're going to need a bigger boat. This is the Eddie and Webby podcast. Just a city boy, born and raised in South Dinktroit. Oh, hey, how's it going? This is Webby, not Eddie. And I'm Eddie, and this is our 89th podcast. Oh, yeah. Episode number 89. I cannot believe we've made it. It's been a little while since we've actually done a podcast episode. We've done some dinking arounds, uh, but I think it was, what, September was the last time we did an actual podcast? Yeah been a very long time it's good to be back in the saddle once again i feel a little rusty but we'll, we'll work work off the rust as we go that's right we'll shake off the rust i'm super excited for tonight as we mentioned in our last episode of thinking around uh basically webby and i we're going to be scaling back a little bit of what we do on the podcast uh to make it just very conversational and uh you know just may, may, maybe a little bit less stuff including which i'm sad to announce no more Twitter comments for the time being. Isn't that right? Yeah, I mean, come on. A Twitter, let's get real, Twitter can be kind of toxic sometimes. So I think uh, I don't think there's going to be anything wrong. I don't think people are going to miss it too much. We might bring up Twitter every once in a while, but we're not going to do it every single episode like we used to do. So hopefully right. uh, hopefully, all everybody out there isn't going to be too sad about it. But I mean, if you are sad, if you are going to miss it, let us know. We can maybe bring it back a little more frequently. But for now, we're going to kind of give the ax to Twitter for a little bit here. That's right. Uh, I'm really excited to bring on our guests here tonight, but before we do that, uh, Webby, is there some sort of contest or something that we're going to be doing this evening? As a matter of fact, there is. And uh, there's a couple things I want to say about it first. Uh, As you know, I love pickleball. I also live near Detroit and love to support local companies. So when I saw this T-shirt, that was made by Team Made in Detroit Pickleball. I had to have it. So anybody that's watching in the video feed, you can see right here, the shirt says Dinktroit. Get it? Instead of Detroit, it's Dinktroit. And it's got ah. the Detroit skyline. It's got a nice pickleball on it. And I got to say, I love this shirt. I think it looks awesome. So once I saw it, I, was, I, just, I had to have it. So I purchased it. And I actually got in touch with somebody from Team Made in Detroit. And they were nice enough to offer a free t-shirt to somebody that's tuning in live tonight. Really? So somebody tuning in live tonight is going to be eligible and is going to win one of these t-shirts tonight. But you have to be tuning in live. So anybody that's listening to the show after the fact, I'm sorry to say you missed your chance. You had to tune in live to get it. Well, and, wait, uh, how did they get you, it though, man? You, uh, <laughs> I, was yeah. just gonna, I, was just, I was just wondering if you were wondering. How to win one? But, I am uh, wondering how did I do it? Yeah. Well, I can't, but you can. I mean, not you, but other people can. Yeah, it's actually quite simple. All you have to do is be tuning in live tonight and leave us a question for our guests, either on Facebook or YouTube on the live stream. But please include the word 
Dink Troit, like what's on the t-shirt. That way we know that you want to win the shirt because I'm sure people that don't have any ties to Michigan might not be quite as interested. Um, but I don't know, maybe you are, but just put the word Dink Troit at the, the beginning or at the end of your message and send us a message with a question for our guests tonight. And we will choose our favorite question or comment. And whoever sent that question or comment will be the winner of one of these Dink Troit Pickleball t-shirts. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Thank you to Dink Troit for, uh, for offering that up to our viewers. That's awesome. Uh, and as Webby mentioned, you want to put a comment into there. We are live on Facebook. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Twitch. And that means this is meant to be interactive. So if you have any questions or comments for us or more, more likely our guests tonight, please feel free to throw them in the comments below. Right, Webby? That is correct. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm excited to bring on our guests for the evening. Uh, one of them is having some technical difficulties, so we might be bringing them on in a little bit here. Uh, but that's okay. It happens. Uh, the guests we do want to bring on tonight, they are basically at a lot of these pickleball events, running around, uh, some of the hardest workers at the events themselves, putting on what I consider to be one of the highest quality productions in the pickleball world. And that is Boxcar Productions. So I'm happy to bring on this evening, Kyle Selenko, Ariel Butler, and also Randy Coleman, who uh, disappeared, who might be on in a little bit. So welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, that's uh, thanks, guys. That's why we uh, we don't let Randy do any of the technical stuff. We just let him push buttons. You know? <laughs> it, it's just just like this. It it <laughs> is kind of funny that it it worked out like this to where uh, where Randy is uh, unable to connect. But but you, I have to admit though, at the productions I've been to, Randy is constantly running around, getting things set up, getting the perfect camera angles and stuff like that. So maybe that's just what he should stick to. <laughs> uh, I tend to agree. To agree. <laughs> yeah. Randy, just go do some manual labor stuff. <laughs> That's so leave funny. Leave it for the, leave the brains of the operations, the AB over here. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, so uh, although we call you AB, uh, I've also referred to you as um, April or um, Audrey or what What are some other names that you get? All the of your A real names. Name? Yeah. I get Randy is big on eBay. It kind of sounds like AB with a weird accent. Okay. Um, Kyle's kind of turned that into East Bay, like those Bay? Uh, the sports catalogs. Yep, I definitely remember that. <laughs> and and uh, so this all started because uh, Ken Herman is so bad with names. Like he called me Carl for like <laughs> the first six months. Uh, yeah. And I don't know where that comes from. So he started calling her with Abby. So I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. He he <laughs> AB thought AB was. <laughs> Uh, an abbreviation for Abby, but okay. Uh, so we just turn that into any any A name we can think of. Uh, we'll call her, and she'll usually answer. So usually, <laughs> usually depends she what will. the ask is. Right. Well, that that's a good part is that you can kind of pick and choose, right? Where it's like, ah, uh, you know, maybe this time I don't really want to do that, so I'll pretend like I'm not <laughs> hearing, or I'll be like, that's not my name. But exactly, I like it. I like it. And Kyle, you've uh, recently cut your hair you look a little more more clean cut a little more preppy yeah i mean i just i just you know, i just got out of the shower so you know, most people just know me as the guy with the, the dirt ball with the long hair but 
Uh, I mean, that's that's literally bit. like what what you were in my phone as is dirt ball with long hair. So <laughs> yeah, I have to change I mean, it now. Uh, <laughs> what what did MacGuffin always call? He calls me like ratty, ratty, greasy, <laughs> and I'm just like. I'm just like, man, if these people only knew, like, I've only had long, like, this is the first time in my life I've had long hair. Like, I literally started growing it for, like, two years, and then this COVID hit, and I said, well, might as well just keep going now. Right. And, uh, you're, you're this far in, might as well. Got, I kind of just got <laughs> sick of it, so I was just like, uh, let's go back to the old me when I first started pickleball in, like, 2016, 2017. And when, when I was still a nobody, so now it's just like, oh, now you have short hair. When 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 did this happen? Like, <laughs> did funny. you always have long hair? I'm like, <laughs> no, actually, I didn't. Uh, well, it, it, but, I, it's uh, funny how when you meet somebody and they look a certain way, even though they might have looked differently for 30 years prior to that, that's how you associate them in your head. So I always thought of you as the long hair guy. <laughs> right? And like, and like, even like Eddie, like when we first met, like my hair was still, like I was just starting to the yeah. grow it out probably like in 2000 like i started growing it out in november of 2018 okay and right. i let i let it grow like since then so and then i finally cut it in august so that was a long time and yes. uh, i was like you know you're uh, getting up there in age you might as well just uh go for it once and see what happens and then uh i was like <laughs> Once I cut it, I was just like, man, this is such a relief, like in the shower, not having all that hair. And now it's so weird. Now I look back from just a couple months. I'm like, who is, who is that guy? Like, I don't even recognize like, It's like, I never even had it. Right. Well, that's funny. Well, I believe that our guest uh, that was having technical difficulties has made it onto the show. So let's go ahead and see if he is there. Randy, are you with us here? Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I I can see you. I can barely hear you. So, sorry. All right, that's all right. Well, we'll do our best to be able to. Uh, um, to... I'll probably tap out. Okay. Well, I'll let Big Boss. I'll let Big Boss take over. All right. So. Well, thank you for for joining us for all of thirty seconds, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's gonna be us tonight. So. Uh, <laughs> Just so, just so everybody out there knows, um, Kyle, you started Boxcar Productions how long ago? Uh, probably, probably like it actually started to come under the name probably like in like November of last year, so almost like a full year, full year ago. This is kind of, you know, kind of this. We were like the no smoke thing, and then I was just like, well, I just kind of wanted to kind of start something new. And that was this kind of the thing. And so it, uh, you know, um, it was just like the main crew was, you know, was me and Randy and Steve Taylor. Mm-hmm. And I know Steve's shooting at the PPA event right now. Um, but like, that was just like the, the, the starting of it. And um, cause like, I was just like for, for the first year, like I was just almost a, like a solo act and Lauren McLaughlin would like help me set up, but I was like doing everything myself and, that was just uh, Eddie, as you would know, and, and Webby like that is extremely difficult to do. Um, yeah, and I needed people to like kind of like like help me with my blind spots, and and you know everyone that that you know everyone that's part of the team now is like somebody that that is an asset to some of my my weaknesses in terms of you know the, the live streaming in general, the broadcast like. 
Um, so that's just kind of how it how it started. And uh, so we have Randy who who he he's like kind of like the technical director where he'll he'll do a lot of the, the cuts and he's like the guy that manages cables and sets the cameras and sets the shots and frames the shots and Steve does all the graphics and AB is the statistician and scoreboard keeper because man I'll tell you what people are hardcore about the score so I and I, I was the worst with the score you know <laughs> so yep. so I needed somebody <laughs> and. Uh, I needed somebody to fill that point. So AB does all the stats and, and the score during during uh, during the match, and um, and then we also have Spencer Laurent, who's in California. Who he's usually in charge of the second court, and he'll run some cam some man cameras during some of the events. And then his assistant Mitch, which Spencer's a very interesting cat. I don't know if you know much much about him, but he's a he's a Twitch star. So uh, he actually has the longest streak of like eight years of every single day continuous well there's an asterisk that we make fun of that, <laughs> right yeah he yeah, streamed I... on his second channel uh but eight years straight where he streamed every single day on twitch it's twitch it's the longest streak and then his assistant that helps him with like on the second court um mitch was one of his fans and that's how they met so it's an interesting it's an interesting crew we have but uh somehow a, a ragtag group of us all seem to work somehow so well i've definitely uh enjoyed my times helping out with the production the the couple times that i've done that um webby i i totally screwed up man i totally forgot that we're not drinking yet and that's like we're 20 minutes into the show like we need to we need to fix that so are you gonna are you gonna enjoy a beverage this evening Absolutely. And I'm telling you, I feel like uh, something was lacking with the show. I feel like yeah. with, with you and I, I feel like something <laughs> something wasn't quite right between you and I. And I think that's exactly what it is. The fact yeah, that you were a lot less tolerable to me because I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't drinking. So, yeah. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I will be drinking something. And actually what I'm drinking tonight, it goes along with some big news in the craft beer world, especially mm -hmm. for Michiganders. And that news is that Larry Bell of Bell's Brewery has decided to retire and he is selling Bell's Brewery to a global beer company. Uh, but something interesting about that is the fact that uh, the company that is purchasing Bell's also owns New Belgium, which is a company that Eddie and I are no strangers with. We are quite, uh, quite friendly with them. We have a good relationship yes. with New Belgium. Um, but yeah, so now Bell's and New Belgium are going to be part of the same company. So they're kind of going to be merging together in some capacity. And I can't think of a better drink to drink tonight than double two-hearted ale from Bell's Brewery. And this is something I just recently tried for the first time. This is very delicious and very strong coming in at 11%. So I'm going to be feeling really good by the end of the show. <laughs> yes, I love it. A, a drunk Webby episode is always a good one. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yep. That's a that's that's a Randy Coleman style beer. Like the first <laughs> thing he does when we go to the restaurant, he looks at all the beers and he goes, "Well, I want an ale. Uh, what's the highest percentage <laughs> you have?" Yep. That's his go-to. Nice, <laughs> smart guy. Yeah, well, I think Randy would love this one. I love this one, so that's what I'll be enjoying. What about you, Eddie? Uh, you know, I'm on a seltzer kick again, and I've been really liking these Topo Chico hard seltzers. Uh, this one is the strawberry guava flavor, and I happen to like it. I really like their uh, lemon lime ones or lemon something, and I drank them way too quick out of my 12-pack, so now I'm moving <laughs> on to 
the strawberry guava, and I thoroughly enjoy them. Uh, what about you, Kyle and AB? Are you guys going to be enjoying any beverages tonight? I have water with liquid IV in there right now. Okay. So, uh, I'm going with the uh, Monster Zero Ultra. <laughs> All right. I think it's what it's called. Nice. The white one. Well, Webby and I will do our on a diet. Yeah. We'll we'll do our drinking for the both of you because neither one of us are on a diet because that's lame. That's stupid. You guys are stupid. <laughs> very lame. That. Very, uh, very lame. <laughs> All right. Well, so now that we have now that we have our drinks out, I can't believe we did that, man. I feel like we totally disrupted the conversation, but it's important. It's important that we have our beverages while we live stream. I can't. It's, very. it's just they go together for me. So anyway, back to you guys, the stars of the stars of the show. So, Kyle, you talked a little bit about. Um, how Boxcar started. Like, talk a little bit more about where the name came from and and how that ties into what you do. Yeah. So, like, I we this was a really hard because like I really wanted to kind of represent like kind of like what I'm all about and um, you know everything in my life. Um, I come from very humble beginnings, so like everything in my life, I really had to work for. Um, so anything that like perseverance kind of, I, I was thinking I wanted to be called like fortitude productions, but that's kind of lame. I was kicking around like bootstraps, like pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That really wasn't, wasn't really catching for me, even though it would have been a cool logo. But uh, so kind of like boxcar came to mind because like, it's just kind of, it's kind of unique. And it, if you ever watch like, like trains have been around for forever. Right. And mm -hmm usually nothing will stop them. They're very resilient. So that's just kind of the model we have. And the boxcar is something that, you know, there's, there's a bunch of them. So it's like a team and they're all tied together. Right. And they're moving in one direction. And, and that's kind of what, what, what we want to embody. Like we want to be a team that we're all working towards like a common goal and we're resilient and we'll go and we'll do whatever we have to do to, to get the job done. So that's, that's kind of where boxcar came into, into play. And uh, that's that's kind of how we came up with the name. And I thought it was just kind of catchy and it's it kind of unique. And that that was kind of what embodied like my kind of like my personality. So that uh, the kind of like the train kind of reference. So that's how I came. That's how we came up with it. But it took a while. I really wanted to call it Clutch Sport or Clutch Productions with a K. But then LeBron James's agent has is called like Clutch Production. They're Clutch oh, Sports really? or something like that. Yeah, with a K. So I was like, mm, I kind of like this. So. Well, I think it's cool that you have a story too, right? Like the actual, mm -hmm. the the name of your company and the brand and what it represents is meaningful to you. And and I think it comes through in your work. Um, outside of Webby, I don't think that anybody here right now has any like professional background or experience in video production or live streaming or anything like that. And that's one of the things I love about Pickleball is that people find their place to move the sport forward that they like and they just go all in and figure it out and i it seems to me like you're kind of another example of that where you you found a passion for video and live streaming and so you're like well why not why not go all in is that a pretty true statement uh yeah so like i was i was very unhappy i i worked at an engineering job doing design work which is there's nothing wrong with that but it was an office job and so like probably, the, and I was there for 10 years and I was, wow. and it was a great company, 
great people that work there, but like me sitting in an office is like not something like I want to do like my whole life, right? And so like video production, like I had I had a passion for editing when I was in high school and I almost went to uh, film school in Milwaukee to, to edit. But at the time, this was like right on the cusp before YouTube and everything started mm-hmm. taking off in, in like 2004, 2005. And so like if you're going to edit video, like you had, to, it was like pretty much just films. It wasn't this huge craze where now everybody can edit if, you know, if you really want to find out how to do it, like everyone, you can, it's the entry is very easy, you know, like, you know, for whatever you want to do. I mean, there's mm-hmm. platforms now to get your work out there. Um, so I kind of had a little bit of passion, but I kind of got put to the side for a while. And it's and it's kind of a funny story because like in 2019, like I was really struggling from anxiety, like really bad OCD and anxiety. And I get these episodes and I, I'm, I don't care. Like I, I talk about this because um, like this isn't just like general anxiety. Like it's like an episode. Yeah. And I've had them and they last for several months. And I was going through one of these in 2019 like the beginning of 2019 and it got so bad that like, it, like it caused me to, to develop the yips because I was so OCD and thinking that things were going to go wrong and, and serving. So like, that's like kind of like where this started was like, Oh man, like it's so bad. And so like, I took a break from playing pickleball and at the time I was dating Lauren, as you guys know, Lauren McLaughlin and like, she was getting into, um, you know, this live streaming on her phone, which is like a, no, no, some people were doing that at the time, and mm-hmm. I know you guys were. You guys were like the leaders, and like actually, you and Carl Schmitz were like the leaders, and like doing a, a full production. But Lauren was really kind of catching a voice and commentary and getting some positive feedback. So like that's why we decided to start like a, a web series because we just wanted to be like you guys. So we just wanted to copy everything that you guys did. <laughs> so pretty much my whole career is just copying Eddie and Webby, just to, <laughs> like just to let everybody know that. Um, yes, <laughs> and. Uh, so, you know, th- we started with a little show and that's kind of how we, we, at the time we heard rumblings of a tour that was starting. Um, this was in 2019, but it, I actually heard it at the end of 2018. It was going to be called the, the Southern Midwest Series and it was going to be started by this guy in Northern Illinois, Ken Herman, and we're from Milwaukee. So in the summer, or September of 2019, Ken decided that he was going to do like a soft test and run his first major tournament in Chicago. And he, and he asked Lauren to come do some commentating and, uh, and do uh, this live stream on the phone on the second court. And so she did that. So we kind of got to know Ken and like his vision for a whole professional tour. And he kind of asked us if we would do like a web series show because we were already doing one for mm-hmm. him. So like still at the time, I really didn't think I was going to be live streaming pickleball. And because Ken already had someone lined up to do the 2020 season and that kind of fell apart and like, I still wasn't going to do it. And Eddie and Eddie and Webby, if you guys remember, like we came to you and I was like, Hey, you guys should go talk to Eddie and see if he wants to do it. So like we first were like, Hey Eddie, like, can, what do you guys think about doing this? And you know, you, you had some discussions, but uh, you ultimately turned it down. So Ken was like, Kyle, like, what do you think about you doing? And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll find out. And, right. Uh, <laughs> and so that's just kind of like with my personality. It's like as soon as like I have a passion for something, it's it's very OCD and it's very like I want to figure it out. And and you guys have both been like major help in this the, the this finding things out. But that was right. That was in the beginning of 2020. So that was right before COVID hit. 
and actually Hilton Head was in March of 2020, mm-hmm. and that actually probably saved me COVID. I'm not, I don't want to say anything. Save, save COVID. I know we, we understand what you're saying. We're, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Because it gave me, it gave me, it <laughs> yeah. gave me more time to figure out what, like, how to actually put a production together. You know, and that's just kind of how it, how it kind of took off. And then after that, like, I just literally like spent every single dollar I had in equipment and everything. And I said, you know, it's, it's either I'm 30, I was 33 or 34 at the time. And I was like, you know, it's so it's either going to take a risk now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But still like, you, you know, you're, you're kind of set in your career and you're like, well, if I'm going to make a, if I'm going to make a turn here, like you either got to go all in or, and just, have the fact to be like hey it might not work but you know sometimes you need that pressure to be like hey it's sink or swim and just go for it and i said okay well let's let's do it let's just go let's go all in so i spent everything i had to start this and um and luckily you know the tours have kind of taken off and you know you know just luck it's just a lot of it is luck but they say like you know luck is like when preparation meets um you know what's it like preparation opportunity right yep. so kind of got lucky you know but um so that's the, that's just kind of the story about it so i kind of stopped playing a lot of pickleball and uh was really focusing on that but now i'm kind of getting the itch to play some more pickleball so i've been playing some more tournaments lately yeah, I saw you've been winning some medals and some tournaments lately. That's awesome. Congrats on that. I know that that's another like ask AB. Like it's funny. Yeah. Like what do people say? Like like when we go play these tournaments, it's funny. Oh yeah, nobody nobody knows what to think about Kyle because they've only seen him, you know, at the big APP or USA pickleball events, just in right. the booth and and pressing buttons and having a headset on, whatever and. Then they see him on the court and they don't expect too much. And then, then we start playing against him. They're like, oh, he's yeah. actually pretty good. <laughs> right. He actually knows what he's doing. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So I want to dig a little more into your on. yeah, your pickleball pass cool. here. Uh, but Webby, it looks like there's some good good comments and questions coming in on social media. Any any that you want to share? Yeah, we've actually got quite a few good ones. Uh, I'll read just a few of them for now. This one comes from Justin Rodriguez on YouTube. And he says, do you think that copying Eddie and Webby is really a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's brilliant, if you ask me. <laughs> hey, you know, like, you know, isn't like, isn't like copying like the, the finest like thing of flattery or whatever they flattery, call that? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? The, yeah, the sincerest form of flattery. Yes, yes I agree. It it is. Is. Yeah. <laughs> Imitation. Yeah. Imitation, right? Yeah. So like, uh, you know, Picking, picking your guys' brains, like I probably wouldn't have been able to figure, you know, some stuff out, even though we we're using, you know, different software and hardware, but still there's a commonality of, of things that, um, you know, come together, you know, that you need to know um, that I've been able to lean on you guys to, you know, figure out some answers that sometimes I'm not able to find out. But that's like, that's like the interesting thing to me is that, like I had prior to 2019, I had not touched the camera since 2005. I had absolutely no background. Like that's what I love about like just America in general. Like if you want to do something, 
and you have if you're really passionate about it like the internet has the answers for you yeah 100 percent. so like that's uh that that's what i found that was you know it's it's almost like it is like the american dream kind of thing like you know if you work really hard at something um obviously you need some luck along the way but like you can you can figure things out um and that's kind of this what happened there was this hundreds of hours of research and tinkering with things and trying to figure things out but i learned almost everything exclusively on youtube no lie isn't it crazy (laughs) how much you can you can find on youtube which speaking of tinkering webby did you just tinker our screen off i know apparently So I think there's some something weird going on. I hit the button that normally makes the message at the bottom go away, and it turned the screen black. <laughs> okay. So I don't think it's totally my fault. I think it's something up with the way VMEX is set up. Ah, <laughs> uh, sure. Blame the software, right? Yeah. See, VMEX. <laughs> yeah, Eddie, see, it's VMEX well, again. So, so for those of you guys that don't know, so, so Kyle and I have chosen two different paths to go down with our live stream production. We're not going to bore the audience because it would bore you to tears, I swear, if you're not in it with with why and and so we kind of had this battle of like oh well vmix could do this or uh, <laughs> oh look at stupid vmix so that's where that comes yeah. from yeah yeah so it's it totally like pretty much our softwares we use our competitors to each other yeah. so that's why it's so funny when when something goes wrong i would be like oh stupid new tech oh, yeah. <laughs> oh i don't have that problem with vmix but apparently yeah. apparently uh, a button will just make the screen go black that's so i do love how professional you all are though you just you kept rolling with it the screen was totally black i was kind of panicking over here because i knew that i'd caused it and you just kept going and (laughs) talking so anybody listening to it up until we started talking about it never never knew anything was going on (laughs) that's right we're going to delete that from the final video so yeah that's but uh, we got another good question here this one comes from manuel fontana and they say what was the funniest thing that happened to you while streaming or the opposite? What was the most tense situation that you experienced? Oh, man. That's a, that's a, you know, the thing is like, probably like the, the funniest thing, not funny is having a camera that's on a 15 foot tripod fall over. Like that's, that's not your, it's never any fun. Hilton Head, right? Yeah. yeah, that was Hilton Head in 2020, not this year. Yeah, we uh-huh. we were in Vegas doing the live stream out there, and I remember we were watching because we were three hours behind. So we had on your live stream. I was with the Jigsaw crew at the house. We had on the live stream as we were getting up and having breakfast. And why don't you t- explain what happened? It wasn't like we had an umbrella that was blocking the camera from the sun because it was pretty hot out. And I think it just it just caught the umbrella like it wasn't even windy so i was like well i don't need to tie this or sandbag this or anything and stupid lazy me which i never do i'm always overly cautious instead of under like just caught a little wind and this blew the tripod and the camera over and like it's like when that happens it's like in slow motion it's like ooh, and you're just like you're just trying to get up to run to catch it and you just know you're not gonna get it but you're just watching it you're just like Dollar signs are falling from the sky as the cameras are <laughs> right. going down. Yeah. Uh, probably, let's see, some other tense things is um, it's always tense, like when you can't get the internet to work properly mm-hmm. and your stream keeps going down. That's uh, that's probably the most frustrating thing that happens 
is because like you're you're so focused on like how can we keep the internet up from 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 dropping and like you're you can't focus on directing the broadcast so it's, it really takes you out of flow that's really that's really frustrating um we had Chicago when the power went down immediately after a match point. So the match ended and then boom. boom. <laughs> it, was, oh, it, couldn't have been, it couldn't have been better timing. So I mean, <laughs> so, yeah, so we got two stories. Someone unplugged it. Um, another funny thing, another funny Rich Thunder Lopez <laughs> one time in SoCal decided that he needed to plug his phone and he unplugged the whole broadcast. So that. <laughs> that's one to plug, plug his phone in. That's that's always that's fun. Um, I mean, there's nothing like getting in the groove of the day, and then I look over to my right, and you see Randy Coleman on a stool with his uh, his fake plastic teeth in, and he hasn't told anyone. He just starts talking in like a weird Southern accent. Teeth, Randy. You never know when he's going to come out in the middle of the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Randy. Randy is one of the guys that will, he keeps it pretty light in there. So he'll be he, like he always wants he always wants to go on the talkie talkies, which is the <laughs> microphone. And like he, he just is he's just funny. This like he just always is keeping it light. Where you know sometimes it can get pretty pretty tense. <laughs> um, but he, he he can pretty he's got some good jokes to to keep us kind of calm, but. Yeah, so nothing, nothing too majorly funny happened. If you, can you think of anything that's majorly that's like not like a huge insane. situation? It's more so just all the the little moments, just funny things. I don't know. Have, you never know what Dom's gonna do either. Yeah, we have <laughs> <True>. a. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's always funny. Like when, when we do have talk back, and I can talk to Dominic in his headsets, and I'm cracking jokes on him or making fun of things he's saying. <laughs> um, we had one time AJ Kohler lost uh at socal in the final and he whipped his paddle and it came in from came like a like six inches from wiping out a monitor that was pretty fun, <laughs> oh, pretty <God>. funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it was so fast it was like and he's like oh he's like you didn't mean it um but it was, that was i'm like don't worry about yeah. it but it came like, that was a close call <laughs> that was a close, that was a close call uh, Anything other funny thing? I don't know. Happened? I mean, we had the the beer cans being crushed in the booth. <laughs> yeah, we had players that were out of the tournament crushing beer cans inside like, <laughs> of the booth before. Uh, you know, this, this, like, it's like random stuff going on like that. Uh, it, it's funny for some reason. Like the the pro players always want to. They somehow always find their way into weaseling in the tent for some reason. I think part of it is because, like, you know, it's a place that they can get away because like, sometimes they're getting bothered mm-hmm. during the tournament. Um, but, yeah, I one time had Frank Anthony Davis freak out on me because we, on the opposite court, we were putting up a ladder to fix the camera. And he said it was causing him anxiety, so that was interesting. Another <laughs> weird one. <laughs> but I'm like, all right. Like, uh, trying to think of anything else that's really – I don't know. We just really like messing with Dom too. <laughs> so yeah, I just don't out. don't put water in his. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, found out he doesn't like water in his pocket. Yeah, like Dom, tell that story. Dom, <laughs> yes. So Randy and Dom are always messing with each other, like playing little pranks <laughs> on each other. So Randy one time decided that he was going to put, you know, right before we were we were in commercial break, but right before we we're going to go back on, that he was going to slip some water and run Dominic's. Uh, 
Dominic's pants pocket, and he did that. And Dominic's always cool with like all the jokes, but that one, that one, he just he just flipped, and it wasn't like an astronomical amount of water. It was just like a little bit of water. Yeah, he ripped pants. off the the headset. Yeah. He threw something. I think it hit me. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> and that was at Beer City Open, right? That was at Beer City Open, yeah. which was. But that's why I mean, we, uh, you know, it's uh, we're around each other so much that you know it's uh, <laughs> you got to keep it light somehow. So we're all we all pretty much can take jokes pretty well. So yeah, Randy brought him some pizza uh, yeah. to make up for it, and they they shared a nice hug after that. It was okay after that. <laughs> Aww, they hugged it out, and they were good. <laughs> that's cool. Nice fun, fun group. I've always question. enjoyed. Yeah, I've always enjoyed. The, the antics hanging out with you guys for sure <laughs> absolutely uh, POC um, that was a ride that was yeah that was uh the weather I mean we live streamed a pro matches <laughs> from a barn I mean that was uh interesting fun but not what I expected Utah to be like in <laughs> August all right I'm gonna do one more question for now from the audience that there's been a lot of great ones coming in this one comes from Paige Heisel and Paige <laughs> says, got a question for AB. How has the transition from tennis? Oh, I'm sorry, I lost it for a second here. Oh, man. I knew she'd want one of those shirts. <laughs> How has the transition <laughs> gone from coaching tennis to doing production in pickleball? Yeah, it's it's been fun. Um, I actually still have a job in the tennis world uh, that I can do remotely, which is why I'm able to, to travel and, and help Kyle and Boxcar with the production as well. Um, so I actually do kind of still have my feet in tennis a little bit, um, helping mainly like international students um, kind of navigate the college recruiting process. So it's actually a really busy time for that right now with uh, National Signing Week going on. Um, but yeah, as far as production goes, um, obviously have no background in anything like that as Eddie kind of got to see at TOC a little bit. I'm, I'm figuring out some, some new things and, and getting help and just kind of learning some new, some new skills. But as far as coaching tennis, I was pretty much the day I think I started playing pickleball on a regular basis. I think that was the day I was done with tennis, like playing and coaching wise. I think my, my head's been in pickleball for, about three years almost now. So it's it's been a, a very interesting transition, but wouldn't change a thing. Thanks, thanks, Paige. And that's like kind of like my, just like the side goal of what we're trying to do right now. We're trying to get her ready to play some pro events next summer and next spring um, and women's and mixed pro. So that's just kind of our, our side project that we got going on right now is trying to, like this, this practice and drill, and um, that's why we've been playing some tournaments together. I've kind of had, like I said, the itch, but her skill set is coming along extremely fast. So it's kind of exciting, and because um, like I'll never be a pro player, but she has probably a chance to, if she keeps working at it, to you know, do some good things at the at the pro at the pro level. So. I got to play tournaments while I still come with her before she, she'll never play. Yeah, before she gets too good. I like that. <laughs> right? 
before I blow up. Well, you know, I've had a chance to play with both of you. And uh, I would say that, yeah, you guys definitely both have some pretty solid skill sets with pickleball. It's always, it's always fun. First time I played with AB was back at Tournament of Champions. That was a good time. Kyle, I played with you a couple times, but I don't, uh, what, so you, you, you made a comment there. You said that you're not, pros not for you or you're, you've given up on that dream. Like what, why do you feel that way, Kyle? Like there's a stark difference between like a five-o player, like a low five-o player like myself and a top five player in the world in like Zane Navratil. Mm -hmm. And nothing has been ever more evident than we actually went and drilled with him and we did two-on-one drills with him. And when he's winning half the drills, like that's, <laughs> that's like on a two on one, like you're just like, <laughs> and you're just seeing the balls that he's roping. It's just like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> that's not in my deck of cards. <laughs> so you just kind of, kind of be, got to be realistic with uh, kind of where you, where you think you are. But uh, Well, and here's the thing too. It feels like w where the sport is going right now to be in the top outside of like Matt Wright, you kind of have to make it your full-time thing, right? And and yes, there's a couple people who do have side jobs and things like that that are just naturally gifted that can do it. But I think that is going to... Five years ago, that was the norm. People didn't do pickleball full-time five years ago, right? Now I feel like it's the exception where you have somebody where it's not their full-time or mostly full-time thing. And, and I think that what you just said is to be in the in the very top, you kind of have to, you need to give it that level of commitment to stay where you need to be in order to make yourself, I don't want to say relevant cause that's not a bad term, but, or it's not a good term, but like to, to maintain at the top spot in the pro level, would you guys agree with that? Yeah. And, and, yeah. And I still feel like if I quit everything and just played pickleball, like I still couldn't get to that highest level. Yeah. Like, and that's just, that's just the realistic, I, I, I just don't know what it is. It's like, it's like, like I see the way Zane hits balls. And I'm just like, I could probably practice by every single day for hours on end and probably still not be able to, you know, play like that. Was there ever a time where you could beat Zane on a consistent basis? Not on a, well, not on a consistent basis, but there's times like when the gap wasn't as far as it was. Right. Um, Cause you guys like, used to train together a lot, yeah. right? Yeah. And like, so there'd be a time where like I would win maybe 30% of the time, you know, when we do one-on-one -on -one drills. Mm -hmm. um, but then even like when, before, like, even when he was in college, like the gap, like I, the gap was even closer probably when he was just in college and playing, but then he stopped. And then he kind of, he kind of took off once he started working his job, but then he worked so many hours and then the gap kind of closed again. And then he quit his job. And then it's just like here. The rest is history. And the rest is history, <laughs> right? Um, you know, uh, and and now, like even from last time of this year, like you know, we drill and like I would win some drills off of him, but now it's like, it's it's I just, I mean, we were playing in 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 a in a, in a personal, uh, like a private home, and I mean, granted, it was it's on a cement like with with the layer of. Of what? What is that? What like? What even is that? It's just like a, it's like a coating of tennis surface. So the ball is extremely fast. It's very fast. And probably the fastest place I've ever played. And it's just 
amount of spin and the speed that he hits balls, it's 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 mind boggling to me. Um, so it's you just I don't know. It's, you just got to kind of like I say, you just got to be realistic with what you think you can, and you know that's it's just not for me. And like you're, if you're not going to make money playing pro events, like to me, it's not it's not worth it. Yeah. Um, so. That's cool. Well, hey, you know what? You you found your thing, obviously, with Boxcar, which is awesome. Uh, what you know, obviously, Webby and I have some experience with live streaming. You guys have more experience now, just from the sheer number of events you've done in the last couple of years. Uh, what do you think is like the biggest misconception that the pickleball audience has about live streaming productions with pickleball? Uh, I think, <laughs> what do you, well, I'll let AB answer this first. Yeah. What do you think? Um, no, I mean, especially for, for someone like me who used to, to tune into the, the live streams pretty regularly and really had no idea what went into it at all. And then now being on this side, I mean, just the, the sheer amount of, you know, setup and tear down every single day. Um, but when it comes to, I don't know the actual, you know, once the once the feed is up and everything. Um, I don't know. I think people do complain about the scoreboard a lot, but that's mm-hmm. I, I took care of that situation. Um, I don't know. I think especially from you know just the number of of cameras that are used and different angles and everything. It's people really just have no idea like what, what goes into, <laughs> into the whole production. They think it's you, you, somebody sets up one right. camera and it's, it's good to go. And why, why is the internet not perfect at all times? Right. And I mean, you, you don't know what it's, what's going on unless you're there. So. I remember Webby, yeah, it was, it was Florida, yeah. Florida grand slam when you and I were live streaming it. And I remember we had a comment that was like, Hey, my neighbor is playing, court six uh can you guys go ahead and show that on the live stream and we're like yeah do you have any idea we have four cameras up we have cables running everywhere no we can't just pick up and go to the other court and and that was the kind of the first time it set into me like i think the expectations of the pickleball audience and the reality of what goes into this are completely off base here uh kyle have you have you experienced that too like similar like you look at a production and it's like like ours is usually like five cameras mm-hmm. and that doesn't seem like a lot but the sheer amount of equipment like i always think about this i'm like I, I just look at everything and i look at all the cabling and everything and all the equipment i'm just like for five cameras this is so much work to get five cameras to you know to to produce the content right it's it's a lot more work and it's it's expensive like i i don't people i don't think people realize how expensive um like how 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 hard this is or how much it, it costs to produce something like this and and not only that then working you know an eight to you know 10 hours sometimes it can even go longer than that mm-hmm. just the concentration that it takes to do it um multiple and, days and in a row multiple days in a row coming back. Like we get there at six o'clock in the morning, you know, the setup, and then we tear down and it's like seven or eight o'clock at night. Right. They're very long days. And then something that's really interesting and unique is that like in most sports, like 
you you have one match. So like you can prep to mm-hmm. like do a really you know a lot of pre post you know um, stuff and like you're literally rolling into the next match. So you got to have um, you know a lot of things in pre made you know pre on the front end to be able to give some context um, to matches and stuff. So it's 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 I think like Terry said in the comment, like it, that, it, that it's just easy mm-hmm. when it's not like there's so many, there's so many focal points that if one thing goes wrong in equipment, it could mess a whole chain of things up. Right. Yep. Um, and so just knowing, you know, you know, just trying to put out problems like that. Um, you know, the only way you can, can combat that is just being prepared to do things. So uh, that's that's probably like the main conception, and I don't think people realize that you know some of these you know some of these places that we go they're you know they're they don't always have the best internet right. or anything so or or you know, space for camera angles to get or yeah it, it's it's you know they might only have ten courts so they can't take down a whole court to put. Uh, a tripod exactly. on there. Yeah. It's in venues. It's, it's tough. Like a lot of these things, a lot of these things take a lot of time and logistics to get right. And you can't just show up at the event and, and go live. It takes days. It takes, I remember I was on a call with you, Kyle, and you had Google maps out and you were actually literally using the, whatever it's called, where you can, you can see the distance between the baseline and the wall. And like, coordinating all these things it's so much work and if that's one thing i could i could tell you know tell the audience out there it's like just be a little grateful first of all i think that the pickleball audience and and i know webby you're gonna hate me for this but i think the pickleball audience could be a bunch of spoiled babies and a bunch of spoiled brats you're getting the stuff for free you're getting eight to ten hours of live stream every single day that we're at that these people are alive and you're complaining that it's not perfect you watch a football game you don't have commentators going for eight hours a day live streaming it. You don't have camera operators going for that. There's one three-hour match that they have a week to prepare for, and they execute, and they're done. That's it. In pickleball, these guys are busting their asses for days in preparation, and they're working 12, 13, 14-hour days while they're doing it, and you're mad that the scoreboard's off by one or that the camera angle was off. It's like, just shut up. Like, uh, show some appreciation and some gratitude. You're getting free content from people that are busting their ass. So, I, yeah, I know and, and I know you guys can't too, say that, but I'll say it for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a, a lot of it too is like this. It, this isn't just like us either. Like, you know, the, the whole tour in general. Because like we do a lot of mostly APP tour events. Like this stuff starts to get planned weeks in advance, right? And so there's always a balance of logistically how where we're going to put this you know and you're saying about can we kill courts mm-hmm. like it's always a balancing act because if you kill courts and you can't have as many participants so then the tours are losing money because you don't have enough participants but if you don't kill a court then like the production's not going to look good look as good so there's always like a balancing act like you know sometimes like you know we have to like shoot over high fences and it's not the best angles like everything's just a balancing act and it takes like to put on an event, it takes weeks of preparation because you don't you go to these you go to these things and like it, you don't even realize like the amount of prep to get bathrooms and signage and volunteers and all referee coordinators like it, 
like just to put on one tour stop is a ton of work. And I don't think people realize like how much work, you know, yeah. and, and since we're so months and months for yeah. one and three day event. And since we're so in the beginning of, of like this journey into pickleball kind of exploding, like you're working on limit, limited budgets, right? Mm-hmm. You don't always have the man, the manpower to, you know, that people, you know, the people are real, are seriously busting their ass because, you know, this is this what it is. You're at the beginning stages, so like you got to grind it out, and hopefully, it turns into something huge, you know. And so, just in general, you know, even at these tournaments, like this, if you're a player, like you need to be thanking like all the volunteers, like every a lot of volunteers that I see, I say thank you because like you can't you can't do this without volunteers. Terry Hartley, who does now the, the he's the ops guy. Like you can't do that. He's he's there putting up signages and he, like he's busting it all day. You know, Ken is never stopping. I never see that guy stop doing something. You know, one one minute I see him putting out a fire somewhere, and next minute I see him filling a water jug. Like it's like, you know, it's 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 a lot of hard work from a lot of people. Um, but you know, it's 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 just a lot of communication between a lot of people and it's a lot of this op stuff and i don't think people realize um just how much goes into it from from the commentators to mm-hmm. anybody on boxcar to anybody from the app tour like it's it's a lot of work for a small crew of people and um and, you know sometimes it's not perfect but everyone's intentions are are pure in what we're trying to do yeah, and and I don't know if there's any other sport out there that I've ever seen that would be the right setup for something like this because at the end of the day when you're burnt and you're ready to call it quits, the passion for pickleball, I believe, is what keeps a lot of people going and staying in and and being able to grind it out and, you know, and and not get burnt out because it's easy to get burnt out when you're doing that. So, um I I got I know I've had you guys on for for an hour here. As you can tell, I love talking about live streaming, but I, yeah, I do want, we, we I do like want a, a, a question here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, we could talk Eddie. Let's, let's keep this rolling. Yeah, I got <laughs> lots of things. All right. Well, what, so talk to me, like, what do you think, what do you think is the future of pickleball live streaming or productions? And, and actually be, before I, before I ask that, I wanted to have kind of a, another question that go along with it. I would like to propose that we move away from having these eight, 10 hour day broadcasts three to four days in a row for a number of reasons. Number one, I think that it's diluting the amount of pickleball content out there and it's not making it as special as it could be. Number two, I think that when we do these really long days, by the time the metal matches are around, People are not at their best because they've been they've been manning a camera or manning a a, a board or just uber focused or doing commentary for eight hours. You're not going to be at your best at that point. It's hard to focus. So, I think that we're doing a detriment to the sport by having full blown product full blown productions for that many hours a day for that many days straight. And I would love it if it moved in the direction of. Maybe for until you get to the winner's bracket finals, it's 
a camera or maybe it's a few different courts that people can go through. And then that way, when it gets to the matches for two, three hours at the end of the day, boom, that's when it's the full blown production. Everybody's in there and they're focused and, and, and it, it sets everybody up for success. So it's kind of a two part question. What do you think about that? And then what do you see as kind of the, the future of pickleball and either one of you guys can take those questions. You want to go first, A.B.? I, I mean, I like that idea, Addy. I don't know. Part of the issue might be a little bit of what you were talking about earlier, where a lot of the current viewership now expects something because of where the bar has been set. And I think trying to what would be perceived by a lot of people as, you know, doing less or backsliding a little bit if they didn't get to listen to the commentary all day long or see different camera angles in the early round matches that people would probably be upset about that but it's you you have a very valid point of you want the production to be the highest quality possible and you know the medal matches are what should matter the most to you know the tournament to the viewers to the players to everybody to the sponsors Um, too right Exactly. Yep. Sponsorship. Um, I mean, I think that's, that's a good, a good point. I think it could be a good idea going forward. Just depends, you know, who would be willing to, to give something like that a go based on, you know, don't know what, what might be promised to sponsors um, in terms of, you know, airtime for, for commercials and, and things like that. Um, But, you know, it's, I think that's a, a pretty solid idea. Yeah, I think Ariel, to, to the first point, a, a lot of this is a lot of these tournaments and these tours cannot happen without sponsors, mm-hmm. right? So what do sponsors want, especially on the broadcast? They want commercials, right? So that's that's one of the harder problems. Like, we can't run a large amount of commercials if we're only streaming a full production for three hours a day. Well, that's the first issue with that, right? But the problem, and I, this is what's concerning to me of late that I've been watching, is that live viewership has been steadily declining over the past several months, yep. right? The product in general, there's so much pickleball going on, so many tournaments, that it's getting diluted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, Here's the prime example, right? MLP last weekend, new format, very exciting, lots of drama, very good production, and you can barely crack a thousand viewers. Right. Like, there's supposedly four million people that are watching or that play pickleball, and we can, as a community, only muster a thousand viewers. So, if your viewership is going down, that's a problem, right? Because what sponsor, you know, that's the whole goal is like, you want to have as many people watching so sponsors can see that, hey, there's people watching and we can sell, we can sell our stuff because there's people watching. But I'm getting, that's concerning about, to me, is that the viewership isn't going up, it's going down a little bit live, right? Um, so that's what my biggest issue is. My, my second issue is, is that you watch the MLP stuff, like 
that production unbelievable, right? Yeah. That production probably cost, I don't even want to speculate, but probably 40 times the cost of my budget, right? So that can't, like, that can't be the real expectation of what, where we are currently in pickleball because to replicate that every single weekend, it's yeah. just not possible. Okay. Um, maybe in big events like that, but still like, that's a lot of money to try to have to make up. And that, you know, that's the issue is that the expectations need to be realistic about, even though it's exploding, we still need to be realistic where pickleball actually is in terms of, you know, where sponsors are coming in, you know, what's actually really going on. Because even like you look at pros, like pros are like, well, you know, we should be getting paid this, this, and this. And it's just like, you have a couple people setting the expectations of that's not realistic and what they're getting paid and they expect it. Now that's what it should be. But it's just a few people that have deep pockets that are paying this, you know, are they making money? Who's to say, but you know, from, from my standpoint, from what I see and from my background, I don't know. I, I, you know, Everyone has their own plans and their own financial, um, you know, plan. But you know, expectations need to be real for what they are at the current moment. And that's that's like my biggest my biggest thing is that somehow as a community, like what? And I posed this question during the live stream on MLP is what can we do to drive up viewership? Because that's what's really going to matter. Well, and I I think it has to be it has to be a special thing, and and I'm not saying that what what you do um, is not special, or what PPA is doing is not special, or what some of these smaller tournaments with maybe smaller live stream productions isn't special. It's all special, but when when you get a hundred Christmas presents as a kid, it dilutes everything. When you get one amazing gift that you'll remember, I still remember when I got my first Nintendo, right? If I would have also that same day gotten 30 other gifts, it probably wouldn't have stood out to me as that special. And now with Pickleball, I love the fact that I can turn on a live stream pretty much every weekend right now, sometimes multiple live streams with multiple courts, with multiple commentators, with multiple camera angles. I mean, it's great. That's fantastic. But it's not special anymore. I'm not li- nope. looking forward to the U.S. Open coverage being on on CBS for for the very first time, or I'm not looking forward to oh my god, we have uh you know that APP event coming up here in a couple weeks. Like I can't wait. Let me look at my calendar for the weekend and see what I have going on. That's why viewership is down, is because it's a saturated. It there, there's too much content. It dilutes the the value of what is being provided, and I think it's also potentially going to hurt sponsors because now it's not special. Now you don't have so many eyes on it. Now you have eight hours of a live stream to go through. And it, I think it's just taking away from it. Yeah. That's, that's like probably like my major concern of what's going on right now is that the product feels like you're saying that you like, it's getting diluted a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but then you can, you could say the opposite. Well, you know, well, we, if we only did 10 tournaments, 
you know, even though the product's getting diluted, we might have as many people watching in 10 tournaments as we would 20. Yeah. Right? So like the numbers are still the same, but now, now you just have to do more tournaments, which, well, you know, as a tour, you know, that might be something that's, you know, a positive in, in the light of that. Right. And, um, and I, still, I always like, think too, it's like sometimes pickleball, it's almost like, uh, it, it's constantly feeding itself. You're, you're going to have 600 people of diehard pickleball fans watching at any time, no matter what tournament you have out there, especially later in the day. Right. Like that group, they're going to watch no matter what, because they're hardcore, they're dedicated, but that's not the group that I feel like these sponsors need to be going after. Right. Like, I don't think that somebody who's been in pickleball for six years and, and already has the paddle that they love and already has their whole setup there. If they see a Selkirk commercial come on, they're probably not going to be like, oh, maybe I should go buy a Selkirk paddle. They already know that they're part of team paddle tech or part of team engage. You know what I'm saying? Like they're already in there. So it's almost like these commercials are just feeding people that don't need that. The people that these sponsors need to grow the sport are outside of that group. And to reach outside of that group, I do think you have to have more specialized content out there and not have so much to where you can get lost in it. Yeah, so that's the ultimate question. What What is the specialized content? Like, like even if you, let's say like not, let's say we live stream like only big events, right? What, how are you still gonna get not the non-diehard fans to come actually watch this. Mm -hmm. How are you gonna get the, the other 3.7 million people that only play less than seven times a week like to come watch this, mm -hmm. actually see this? How are you gonna get like the diehard people that play, the 300,000 people that play over, you know, over seven times a week? How can you get even a fraction of those people to watch? Like it's very, there's a massive disconnect between your casual rec players at the park and getting those people to have any interest in professional pickleball. Yeah, and we were talking about this some yeah. over the weekend. And it's, I mean, my dad started playing, I think, maybe about eh, six months to a year ago, something like that. And he's about a, a 3 0 player. He didn't play tennis or anything. He's early 50s. And even he, like, he says he can only watch pro pickleball for maybe 30 minutes at a time. And then he loses interest. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's one person, but there's, I know I've personally talked to, you know, a hundred more people like that. It's, it's interesting. I don't know if we talked a little bit about, we were trying to think just, you know, okay. A sport like basketball, like everybody watches, you know, college and, and mm -hmm. the pros and it's, it's just different, I guess, because of, I don't know when pickleball has started becoming more popular. It's like um, just the, the recreational side exploded before the professional side. And it's just, it's just different. But the, I'm just strictly talking probably live viewers, like the quarterly results, you know, you know, when I, when I look like we, there's over 1.5 million views. So, I mean, there are people watching, you know, cumulatively, right. And they're watching, you know, a decent amount of time. So like you're, we're still getting a large amount of views, but the question is what type of views actually are they? Right. right. Are they the same people that are coming back and coming in again? Are they different people that are popping in? Um, 
And so this is, you know, I, that's why it's, a, it's, it's interesting because you can't necessarily, when I'm looking at the analytics, see like how many actual people are watching kind of deal. Right. I don't know what a view is. Is a, is a view, well, I watched for 20 minutes here and then I came back and watched now. Like, I don't know in depth how that actually works on, you know. Well, and, and it's also who, are they new viewers? Are they, are they people that yeah. are diehards? So uh, you, going, kind of going back to a comment you brought up about recreational players, literally a week and a half before APP Hilton Head, I was at the Hilton Head Motor Coach Resort, which was a mile and a half from Palmetto Dunes, maybe. I don't even know. It might have even been closer than that. And I played three times with a group of pickleball players there, and they're they're full-time or part-time residents at this motor coach resort. They play every single day. Every single day they play pickleball. And when I was talking with them about, hey, is anybody going to go check out this tournament, you know, that's coming up or, um, you know, do, do you guys, are you guys into it at all? Nobody. Out of the 30 people that I met, not one, not one knew who Simone was. Not one knew that there was a tournament that was going to be a mile and a half down the road a week later that was going to have some of the top players in the entire country. So obviously that was a huge awakening to me that there's a disconnect between Yes. recreational players and people that know about the pro circuit. So, so there's problem number one. Then the second problem is how do we convert them into views from a live stream so that advertisers and sponsors can get money out there. And then how do we do it to where we, we, we make it to where it's a special thing. I, I don't know. I think, I think whoever can figure that out is going to be the catalyst for getting the sport to the next level to where sponsors want to play big, big pay big bucks because it's valuable to them. And they're getting a return on it, and we're growing the sport, and it's more televisable, and 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 people are are happy with what comes out of it. Yeah, I, that's what I can't believe. Like I've never actually been part of a sport that doesn't know ninety eight percent of the people that play don't know any pro players. Mm -hmm. Like I've never like I've never dealt with a sport like a sport like that. Yeah. Like and that's why it's mind boggling. And I always say that I go, I go to my local, my local park district and play at the park. Ten courts will be full to the max on a weeknight. I one day went up to every single court. I'm just like, hey, have you heard of, you know, this tour? Well, what pros do you know? And no one's like, I don't know. Like just like you, Eddie. So I don't understand. Like I, I'm just at a loss at the disconnect. Of, of that and how do you bridge that gap um it's 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 interesting to me because i feel like people more people would watch if they had some type of emotional connection to a player mm -hmm. right so people are like well why don't you start doing stories on players i'm like yeah that's a good idea but still how do you get that one that costs to make, right? Obviously, yeah. but two, how do you get it to those local players where there's like, well, this isn't worth my time. I don't know what this is. Like, yeah, right. So it has to be almost like pro players need to understand that, like, it is a big thing that they are social and they like, and even right now, a lot of them have to do clinics. Like that probably mm -hmm. is helping the sport more than anything because you're getting this emotional attachment that you just spent three hours at a clinic with. That hey, I might want to turn on this live stream because. 
Zane Navratil is playing, and I just yep. took a clinic from him, and he's a great guy, right? So that it's it's a mixture of things, and trying to figure out that formula is is unbelievably hard. So, like you say, like whoever cracks that is going to be the one to. Um, and like I have some ideas about it, but it's just executing these ideas and still getting. Like you can make as many videos as you want, but if people, the same people, watch them over and over, like what? Are, like what's the, what's the point? So. Yep. It's kind of like craft beer, right? There's millions of beer drinkers in America, but a small fraction of them that know what Bells or New Belgium is, right? And it's probably the same with pickleball. There's 4 million, we said, or 40 million. I can't remember what the number is of actual recreational players. players. Yeah. Four, like 4 million. Four, okay. So 4 million recreational players out there. It's like probably the similar thing with with beer drinkers that drink Bud Light every day, right? They don't even know about these other brands. They don't they don't know why should why they should even care about it. So they're not going to go seeking the content that might convert them into it because they're happy with their Bud Light and that's what they do. And a lot of these players, they're happy to go and play the same game for the next 5 years of their life against Marge and Dennis and they show up and they have a blast and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just how do we get them to that? I don't know. Webby, do you have any ideas? I don't know. I'm I'm very stumped about the whole thing. And to go along with what Kyle said, like many times when I play at the local pickleball courts, when I tell people that we do a pickleball podcast at first, they're like, oh, that's really cool. And then I'll say, yeah, we've had Ben Johns a few times. And they're like, oh, cool. Does he play pickleball? Who is that? Like people, <laughs> right. people don't know the pros. People, a yeah. lot of people do not know who the pros are and couldn't care less. And I don't know how to, uh, to get that to improve. It's tough. But I, I just think a lot – I think this is a very long process, right? And this is this is why it's so important, right? The Like, for example, having the, – the, let's just take the – because like, we'll talk about the APP tour. Let's yeah. take this, for example, for the APP tour. The more people that play in these tours, the I, I feel the more attachment that – like, the more events that they play, if they play, the more – attached they'll get to wanting to watch that right but that's the thing is it's a grind it might not happen in the first year or the second year or the third like it's going to take time right and so if you're if, if you're and this is why i'm so it's so important that the pickleball community isn't putting the cart before the horse because like there was it, people may not know this but there was a tour before the two tours Mm-hmm. That completely blew up. Yep. Because, you know, for a number of reasons, but like, you know, if you really want this to really take off, you better have a financial thing that's going to be long term, right? Or, or, or it's going to be very hard to sustain. And that's my only thing is like, a tour is going to have to survive, right? So, in order for pickleball to continue to keep growing. And, yep. you know, it's, I feel like the two, the two tours now have completely different philosophies and, you know, we'll see what happens. Right. Well, uh, and kind of to that point, like I, I always like to draw parallels between craft beer and pickleball because those are the two industries that I know best. And what I see is in craft beer, you can have a brewery down the street from another one. And those guys are friends. And if, 
If if one of them is having a problem, hey, I'm short this equipment. Do you have anything? The other brewer, nine out of ten times, can be like, absolutely, I'll bring it to you. Uh, hey, uh, my high low's broken. Can you bring it over? Because I need to load some kegs. Sure, no problem. There's this this collaborative attitude. There's this synergy amongst breweries because they understand they're a small fraction of the of the beer market, and if they fight each other and if they go for land grabs, they're only they're only hurting the sport and they're only hurting themselves. And I think what I've seen in pickleball is the same thing where we should encourage these, these entities to be working together more. We should be supporting each other. Just like Kyle, like, like you and I earlier, you know, back in the day, we were potentially probably going up against some of the same contracts, but I never looked at you as somebody that was going up against me. I wanted to help you. You wanted to help me. We wanted to help each other. And there was no expectation around, well, what am I going to get in return? There was no like, well, how is this going to make me money? It was just, we want all of this to grow because we know it's better for everybody involved. And I think that that concept needs to continue in order for the sport to grow. And every time we see one of these land grabs or people coming in and saying, no, that's mine, back off, or we're doing it this way, you're not involved in that. It's going to hurt the sport. And and I think that we need to continue with the other mindset that I just talked about. Do you, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's just, it's like, since we're in such a, the early, it's like the wild west, right? Yeah. It's like throwing something at the wall and let's see if it sticks, right? And that's, that's just the problem. You have this, this anytime in business when you're trying, like you're saying, the land grab, right? And you have two competing, like two competing things. Like it's either you're going to learn to play together or it's just going to be like here and here. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if like, I don't know, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. Cause everybody's, everybody is going for the same money there. Everyone's trying to get sponsors. Like how, like, it's just, I, like, I just hope that it just doesn't all just implode. Yeah, we're, right. We're also in the, we're in the midst of the worst, you know, instant gratification culture that mm-hmm. has ever existed as well. And I think that actually plays into this quite a bit with all of, not even just live streaming, but pro pickleball in general, the players, tours, everything. I mean, it can't happen overnight and everybody wants it to. So how's this all going to play out? I don't know, but. AB's going real deep on us, man. (laughs) Right. I like it. Very philosophical. No, I like it. Yeah, I I mean, that's, that's just what I, I I worry. I I just worry that people think pickleball is where it is when it's not, not there yet. Yep. And that that's what the expectation is going to be. It's just not there. So. Like everyone's just like, oh, it's growing, it's growing. That's good, but it's gonna, it's still gonna take time. Let's remember, both these tours have only been around for a year, right? And, and, and COVID, I, COVID made a huge yeah. change in everything too. And you know, you have you have the pros that feel like they should just be able to play tournaments and be pro players, and you have you know, like how like that. It's just like it's. To me, that's just not realistic at the current moment for the majority of pro players. Because, like, the dollars just, to me, just aren't there yet. Yep. 
So, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's like you're saying, it's, it's, it's very interesting times right now. And I just hope it doesn't implode on itself. Well, hopefully we can regroup again in a year and, and see where we, we went with all this. So, uh, (laughs) Webby, I, I know it's been a little while since we checked in on social media. Do we, do we have a, a winner selected yet? We do. We've actually had a lot of great interaction tonight, but this conversation has been so good. I didn't want to interrupt before I announce the winner though. I do want to bring up one question and I think this is on everybody's mind. This is not the winner, but this is a great question that I think we need to get the answer to. This comes from Neil Friedenberg. And he said, why did KGB cut his hair? (laughs) It's, It's funny. Like, Neil thinks like I'm Russian for some reason. That's, that's, <laughs> like, he's like, he'll, he always, he always like says my last name, like in a Russian accent. So he, <laughs> like, like, uh, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I just needed a change. I would probably say I just need, need, you know, I just needed a change. So. That's pretty much right. the, the reason. Like, I was just sick of it. I was just sick of dealing with it, to be honest with you. So, and and it made my mom happy. So, <laughs> that's all, all right. Good answer. I'll admit, I I am gonna miss seeing that that luscious hair flow in the wind on a nice windy day. But <laughs> I I get it. I get it. But uh, yeah, here is the moment well, that well, everybody. Well, well, oh no! Sorry, go ahead. sorry. Go ahead. I mean, but but like. I mean, Lauren was telling me, she's like, you have basic, basic white girl hair. So she's like, it's not that great anyway. So you, you might even cut it. So I disagree. She's like, don't wear it down. You need to just put it up because it's like, it's just nothing. I'm like, oh, thanks. Oh, man. I, I disagree with that, though. It was not basic by any means. <laughs> But all right, here here's the moment everybody has been waiting for. The winner yeah. of this beautiful Dink Troit pickleball shirt. That, that exact one. Webby's not gonna wash it or anything. It's gonna have nope. his BO all over it. That's yeah. the one you're as gonna soon, get. Yeah, as yeah. soon as the show ends, I'm peeling it off my sweaty chest and sending <laughs> and, it to and the And Webby winner. sweats like crazy too. <laughs> yeah. He's he's a sweaty boy. That is true. Um <laughs> but actually there. <laughs> There's a little bit of a twist tonight. I said there was going to be one winner, but there's actually two winners because there were two comments or two people that left comments that I just I could not decide between. So there's going to be two winners tonight. And winner number one is Manuel Fontana. And they said, uh, they were the one that said, what's the funniest thing that happened to you while streaming? I thought that was a great question. We had a great conversation. So that was a no-brainer. So Manuel Manuel, however you say your name, congratulations. You are a winner, but not the only winner because we do have one other winner. And hopefully I can find the comment that I wanted to bring up here. Uh, maybe do a little uh, do a little drum roll while I find it. Drum roll. Winner number two. The main reason why I picked this winner is because they they used the word Dinktroit in about like seven different comments. <laughs> so the winner is Paige <laughs> Heisel. Woot woot. That's an epic <laughs> Dink Troit answer to a drunk toit <laughs> drunk Troit question. 
but no, she, had, she, had, she actually had a bunch of great questions throughout the day. I only showed one of them earlier, and that's one of the ones I had uh, Inc. Troy mentioned numerous times. But I could tell that she really wanted the shirt. I think she deserves it. So congratulations to you as well, Paige. Yeah. <laughs> Webby, how, how should, should they reach out to us? Uh, get us our, get us their contact info. How do they get the shirts? Yep. Please get us your contact information so you can either message us on our Facebook page, send us a direct message on Facebook, or send us an email to contact at eddieandwebby.com and give us your contact information and we will get you those shirts. Or actually, I should say the fine folks at Made in Detroit Pickleball will send you the shirts. Yes. Thank you guys so much for the comments. Um, Kyle, AB, I'm not going to keep you guys much longer. You've been, you've been awesome staying on this long for us, but I, I just hope I can say something real quick. Uh, Webby and I have been very fortunate enough to meet a lot of people in the pickleball world. And we've had the fortunate, uh, you know, we've been fortunate to work with a lot of them. Uh, and I got to say, Kyle, we've known you a little longer than AB. You're honestly one of the most passionate people that I know. I've always enjoyed working with you, whether it was even before Boxcar came about. And I'm so grateful that you've invited me to come and, and be part of your production crew for a few events now. Uh, guys, if, if, you, if, if you haven't noticed, Boxcar Productions' production value has just went through the roof. They started off good, and now they're great. And that's purely because of the focus of Kyle and his team and... And when you work with them, they're constantly looking for ways to improve and improve this and do that and listening to feedback. Uh, it's awesome to see. AB, you're just like one of the coolest people I know. I enjoy hanging out with you, what you've been able to do uh, to to keep Kyle in line, right? Because I know that when I text <laughs> Kyle, it's really going to you and I'm so happy because I actually get a response. Uh, it, it's awesome to see and what you contribute to the production as well is huge. So it, go out there, guys, and and, you know, if, if you see that it's coming from Boxcar, Boxcar Productions, know that not only are you getting a good product, but you're getting it from a great group of people. Uh, and after that sappy moment, I want to give you guys the opportunity to share what are you doing for 2022? How can people find out what's going on? Just this is your opportunity to talk about whatever you want here. Sure. So the first thing I would like to say is that like, I just want to thank my whole team because like they say, it takes, a, it takes a village to kind of build something. So everyone that, uh, you know, works at Boxcar, you know, they, they're just as passionate as, as, as we are. And like a lot of this stuff could not happen without them. So first off, um, you know, our product wouldn't be what it is without a bunch of great people. So once again, thank you to Randy and Steve and Spencer and AB and um, Mitch and, um, Obviously, Lauren and Dom, who are usually always the commentators. Um, I know we've had a lot of discussions internally with, with you know, where we, what we wanted commentating to be in pickleball. And both of them have really worked on their craft, um, you know, to what our vision was for the tour. And it's now it's kind of cool to see that taking off in all live streams. Um, so that's so thank you to all of them. Thank you to. Um, the APP tour, um, Ken, just, you know, great guy, you know, Terry, great people. They, you know, just having the belief in, in, you know, what we, what we do and the product that we can produce. And then also to USA Pickleball, everyone over there. Um, that's our, that's uh, another, um, 
group that we work with and do to do, do their events as well. So thank you for believing in us and all our support. Um, they're they're a bunch of good people um, over that are that have some really interesting and cool plans coming out next year. Um, I think they they might even saw like the amateur series and then like the amateur thing down in um, where's that at Pictona, at Pictona yeah. which is real cool stuff. So thank you to everybody with with like everybody's hard work and you know belief and all that stuff. And um, in terms of this, where pickleball is, and I hope it's you know I hope both tours succeed. I you know. I want, I, I always want the best in pickleball. So I'm always racking my brain on how to make it better um, from a viewership standpoint and how to get more people watching. I go, you know, that's the primary goal is, you know, how can we get more people into the sport? Because the more people that are in it, you know, the larger, you know, tournaments are, you know, the more viewers we have, you know, it's just, it's a secular cycle. You know, the more players we'll make, the more sponsors will make money, you know, the more product that we sell. So I just hope in general, you know, that this keeps continuing on the trajectory that it's going. And um, so I, you know, I just want to say thank you to, you know, everybody that uh, works hard for us. And, you know, I hope uh, Pickleball just continues to grow. Maybe. Yeah. Give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook as well. Don't have the, the handles to throw up there for you, but <laughs> yeah. So maybe next time. Yep. So like our Instagram page, we like the, you know, post random photos of nothing bad <laughs> using pickleball players. Uh, so give us a follow there. And then um, just coming up this month, we have APP Casa Grande. So if you haven't signed up, there's still time. It's a nice draw down there. It's uh, actually where nationals used to be played at. I forgot the name of the actual park. And then we will be doing nationals as well. So we are going to be streaming three courts, three full production courts. Um, at nationals, so you'll be able to watch a ton of pickleball there. There'll be six days worth of streaming going on and over 100 hours worth of live viewing that you're going to be able to watch of whole production stuff. So make sure you guys check that out, and that's going to be on the USA Pickleball Margaritaville page, or I think I got to double check that, but give them a follow because then you'll be able to watch all the matches on there. So it's kind of what we have going on, and then 2022 is a full slate of stuff. <laughs> That uh, isn't even totally nailed down yet, but there's so many things, so many opportunities that, uh, you know. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. So <laughs> In the best way. In the best way. You know, awesome. So if I'm, if I'm a tournament I'm, director yeah. and, and, and we want to get live streaming for a tournament or a tournament series, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Uh, usually you can reach out on me on Facebook. That's probably the easiest way. But my... Uh, my email is just very simple. It's kselinko at gmail.com. And, you know, there's a, our schedule is pretty full, but, you know, we always consider all options. And um, just, yeah, so it's kind of where we're at with that. So we'll be seeing a lot. We'll be producing a lot for you guys um, in the future. So hope to see you. Nice. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. This was great conversation. Uh, Kyle, I hope that you'll invite me to be part of the crew again at some events in 2022. Cause I always look forward to it. So that would be yeah, for sure, awesome. Um, and honestly guys, and hopefully you can get, we, hopefully we can get Webby out there too as well. Yeah. We Webby, what's Webby up with too. that? Huh? <laughs> yeah. I, I plan on doing a lot more traveling next year. So yeah, hit me up. Yeah. I'll try to leave Michigan at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go, how are your how are your guys' pickleball games coming along? 
I well, uh, Webby, do you want to go first? <laughs> um, the my two proudest moments of the year is I won a bronze medal two different times in singles tournaments, uh, three point five plus singles tournaments. So those are my proudest accomplishments. I won a silver medal <laughs> in a, in a mixed doubles tournament. It was uh, just age, though. Like it was, it, like it wasn't specified by skill. So it was like a wide variety of people that are forty and over, and I got silver there. So, <laughs> so I mean, I'm still proud of it. It was very fun, but I don't know like exactly what the skill level of everybody there was. Some some of them were really good. Some of them maybe not so good. <laughs> but yeah, that's a. I would say like just call I'm it call it open then. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Technically, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. I mean, actually, yeah, it was. It was 40 plus open. <laughs> Big time. But uh, I would say, like, I'm I'm almost a legit 4.0 player. I feel like I'm maybe not 100% a legit 4.0 player, but I'm, like, this close. What about you, Eddie? What's going on on your end? <laughs> uh, I'm, like, a legit 3.0 player. I'm really excited about that. <laughs> Um, I keep the ball in the court 70% of the time and, uh, I just learned how to dink yesterday. So <laughs> I'm doing great. Now I, I don't get to play as much as I'd like to, but, uh, I got a good group that I play with. So that's what I'm going to focus Any on. Any tournaments on the horizon for you guys? Yeah. Sanibel beginning of December, Tanner Wallace from up in Michigan. He's going to be down here. We're going to play that together. I just secured my U S open partner. So I'm excited about that. Um, and then I'm sure we'll find Ready? a couple tournaments here and there. Nice. The only tournament I currently have on my schedule is I'm doing a Wolverine pickleball tournament in January that's taking place at the Detroit Pistons training facility. It's a, a state-of-the-art awesome. facility, and uh, it should be a very fun experience. Of course, everybody can expect a video of that experience. And here's the crazy part. I'm playing... In 4.5, <laughs> I'm doing the 4.5 division because <laughs> my, part, my partner is a 4.5 player and, uh, and he decided to try carrying me. I've never done 4.5 before. I've only ever done 4.0. I've never m won a medal in 4.0 before, but I'm, I'm just going ahead and leaping right into 4.5. <laughs> how, how strong is Tom's back? Is he, do you think like he can carry you for a while or like how? We will, uh, yeah, we we will find out. But yeah, Tom, our good friend Tom Miller from the Grand Rapids area is uh, going to hopefully carry me to victory. And uh, I, maybe I'll just bypass 4.0 and just go right into 4.5. Right. Just go we'll to 5.0. Yeah, now, yeah. now, now we can we can make this like into the, the what do you guys call that? Dinking around? Now, yeah. This is just kind of now off topic. No more live streams. What, now like we've been traveling around a lot, where, like, if you had to say... What regions of the United States, if you had to rank them, like where would you rank, like let's say the West Coast to like the South, to like the South, I mean like the Central South, so like Texas and that area, to Texas, Arizona, um, the obviously Pacific Northwest, you get the East, and then like Florida is like its own entity, and then like the Midwest. How would you guys kind of rank those from, from what you see? I think it depends on style of play. Like down here in Southwest Florida, the game is much more controlled. It's much more, um, it flows a lot better. It's much, it's, it's, I don't know. It just feels like 
it feels more like a like a dance, you know. It's like it's a very smooth game. I'm not saying that people don't hit the ball hard or they don't they don't go for it, but it's a much more controlled, smooth game. Where I feel like when I go to the Detroit area, everybody's just a freaking banger, and that's it. And it's like <laughs> all they do is go for winners every single shot. Uh, and then when I when I see the type of play that's out west, I feel like it's a little bit more like Florida. But then you have this little pocket in Grand Rapids. Uh, in that area that they're like some of the best players that I've, I've encountered throughout the entire country. So I, I don't know, man, I think it, I think it varies. What about, what do you think, Webby? Uh, well, you have not played in Southeast Michigan in a while. Southeast Michigan, I think has caught up. To I, Grand just, Rapids I just South. played there two months ago. When? Where? <laughs> in Livonia. Come on. So that was like a, a random group of people that I, like I only knew a few of those people there. I I feel like if you play with like that was just like open play randoms. Like uh, I feel like if you, yeah, if you play with if you, if you play with like the people that play regularly, uh, I think you would get your ass beat. To be honest. Oh, I'm sure I would. I'm just saying that the vast majority of people, their their the soft game is a is a something that they do because they're they they miss hit their paddle. It's not something that they do strategically. You know what I'm saying? No, the, if you play with the solid players that I've been playing with lately, it's uh it's much better. Much, much better than what you're what you've seen in this area. But I can't really speak to too much because I've only I've really only ever played pickleball in Michigan, Indiana, and Florida. And the last time I played in Florida, like that was I was still like barely a three oh player, so I can't really give a good judgment on how the people that I play with regularly in Southeast Michigan compare to the other regions. I need to start traveling and I do plan on doing so in 2022 and uh, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll report back. Yeah, that's one of the things that like, it's kind of fun. Like, so I played in like how many tournaments? Like six tournaments this year, I think just this year. So it's kind of get a good idea, you know, and we've done well. In all of them. So that's what I'm saying is like, I think the Midwest in general, cause like there's a lot of good guys, even in Wisconsin and Northern Illinois yeah. that are just like really good. There's a solid group of four O's to low five O's, right? There's, which I think like the Midwest, like when we go play and I see other players, I'm like, yeah, this region is better than like the Midwest. I feel is very underrated. People don't realize that. I think she was even surprised when she came up here, because she's from originally from Arkansas, she spent a lot of time she she in Alabama about like just the the quantity of good players in the Midwest, which I find extremely interesting. And then like when we go play tournaments, it's it's fun to see where kind of like our skill set like kind mm-hmm. of is compared to because we played in Louisville and then North Carolina and then just in Florida. Right. And so it's interesting to see. Yeah. Totally different fields in each tournament yeah. too. different styles. What, what have you saying. like, what's the style that stands out the most to you and like what region? Um, I don't know. I felt like the Louisville tournament, it was a lot, I don't want to say like banging, but like a little bit, you know, more people hitting drives than drops and not as maybe controlled as, some of the players in, in North Carolina and Florida, um, which that North Carolina tournament was a really big field. So lots of different styles in that one. But 
I think playing in, in those events in different locations pretty much just kind of helped me realize like the practice that we're able to get here, like that Kyle's talking about, like in Wisconsin and in Northern Illinois, like is very, very good quality. And there's multiple groups that we can go play with and have good games every single time. And so like, yeah, so like I would like, and I put obviously in Michigan. So like the, a lot of the players that are like the same skill levels of what you guys see in Michigan, because there's a lot of like Michigan used to be like, like when I first started playing, like Michigan was probably the best state and it could possibly still be in terms of players, right? Um, mm-hmm. Just the large vast of good quantity of players. Um, even Minnesota has a bunch of under underrated players that, that people don't even really know about that they don't travel. Um, a whole lot, but that's what I'm saying is like, it's, it's always interesting to, to me to see just where we stack up in terms of pickleball and really no one ever thinks about us, um, up, up in the up, way up here in the cold. So in the cold. Yeah. Interesting though. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to see more, more styles of play across the country. Um, all right. So it is almost my bedtime. We should probably wrap this up because (laughs) like the cops are going to come knocking. Uh, But again, I I really can't thank you guys enough for being here. Great perspective. Awesome talking pickleball production. As all of you guys out there can, can tell uh, we could talk about this stuff all day. Anytime we hang out, we pretty much do. And uh, that's why it's always fun. Always love hanging out with you guys. Can't wait to see you again soon. Any final thoughts you want to share with the world? No, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's been fun. And good to see you guys. Go play some pickleball tournaments, everybody. <laughs> they are fun. And don't take it too Very seriously. Fun. I see way be- I see people taking things way too seriously. Yeah. Right. I-, I agree with you uh, there. That's the key. Just know, yeah, don't take it too seriously. Just have fun with it. Yeah, because I mean, think about it. Tournaments are pretty much just glorified rec play, right? That's why I was I was talking to somebody I won't mention who it was but I'm just like just like having just a little bit of perspective on on what it is and what we're doing here and nobody will remember what happened on Monday when we go home right. so like yep uh, have some perspective on what we're doing but if you're a pro that's a different story if this is your <laughs> your, your livelihood like okay maybe maybe we can smash a couple yeah, for all the pros watching this right now just yeah. disregard that yeah. last yeah. statement yeah but kyle i do want to bring up one more thing before we part ways uh i do want to challenge you to a future episode of webby versus everybody i know we've Ooh. chatted about it on the side but i want to make this happen <laughs> soon. <laughs> uh, all right you, you know that one you had with zane had a lot of views on there i don't know if i'm gonna be able to live up to that though <laughs> I feel like I'm a much better singles player than I was when I played Zane. I don't know why I decided to take on the like the top battle? singles pro in the world at that point in, in my singles career. But yeah. <laughs> seemed like a but I'm better now. Back over to the, yeah. I'm better now. I'll make it over and see 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 Leslie and and the Wolverine Pickleball Club. They're fun. Nice. So yeah, but yeah, if you come this way, Bye, let guys. me know. Otherwise, I I do plan on coming over to your your part of. Uh, part of the country I'll, i want to play against you and maybe meet up meet up with zane again we'll see what happens yeah you need to come visit like obviously like there's i know so many people and we can get so many games that would really benefit benefit your game as well so let me know nice for sure awesome thank you guys it's been awesome i can't wait to have you on again in the future okay 
All right. Bye, guys. See ya. Wow. Another great episode. Uh, I, they're, they're just, they're awesome people. I've always enjoyed hanging out with them. Uh, I wish I could tour oh, yeah. around the country with them if they'd have me and, and do live streaming because they're just a lot oh, of fun for sure. to work with and super cool group. Yeah. When we worked with them at, at the Beer City Open this year, it was such a blast. And the fact that you and I like weren't in charge of anything, we could, we could just plop down and help whenever we felt like it. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> made it, made it that much better, right? Yeah. Oh, yep. well, no, but they, very, very cool. Very fun episode. Yep. I loved it. Good times. That's right. And guys, as you, you know, as we've mentioned before, we're trying out a new format here, much more topical, uh, less videos, less, uh, you know, less things like that so that we can just kind of go live and, and make this very discussion, very open, uh, you know, dialogue type of stuff. Let us know what you think. Do you like this format? Would you rather us stick with our pros asking pros questions and really just focus more on the pros? Do you like that we're going more topical, more conversation, less structured? Let us know. Webby and I have our preference, but if you guys don't like it, it doesn't really matter. So let us know what you guys think. And any uh, anything else you want to add, Webby? No, I think that was a very fun episode, but uh, that's all I got for you guys tonight. Well, on that note, I'm Eddie. And until next time, this is Webby, not Eddie, signing off. See ya.